0: Hi there guys and welcome to today's live stream. We're going to be talking about the differences between RA and OA, osteoarthritis, uh, and what it actually means for you if you've got back pain. It's something that's often diagnosed uh, when you go to GP surgery, etc. And hopefully we're going to be able to give you guys a bit of a better understanding of this diagnosis in the context of your lower back pain and how sort of you can work through that to get a better outcome. So if you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing to the channel. We go live every single weekday, and today's no different. We've got Lara on the other side of the camera. We're gonna be going through Q and A at the end. So if you've got any questions about maybe your diagnosis of wear and tear in the spine or in the hips, etc., then please do post us in the comments below and we can shed a little bit more light on it. Hopefully you're gonna find this one really, really helpful. But with that, let's get into today's live stream. Okay guys, so I wanted to start out by just sort of uh, talking a little bit about rheumatoid and osteoarthritis as two different sort of types of arthritis. Now, first and foremost, rheumatoid arthritis is more of an inflammatory condition where we've got sort of an autoimmune attacking our own synovial joints. And this is something that's very, very different from the average sort of uh, experience that a back pain sufferer is going to have. Rheumatoid is diagnosed through blood tests, etc., and associated commonly with rheumatoid factor. And there are a lot of other different types of um, that they're, they're bundled into a group called seronegative arthropathies. And these are associated with conditions like psoriasis. So we have psoriatic arthritis. We have um, reactive arthritis, which is associated with abdominal issues. We've got other different ones. And a lot of these have an association with what's called a rheumatoid factor in our blood. And it's very important that we mention this in today's live stream anyway, because a lot of these... Don't really have the same sort of picture as someone with osteoarthritis or wear and tear in the spine, and that's why a lot of you guys are either in our membership, in our back and shape membership site, etc. And and that osteoarthritis or wear and tear in the spine, which is so commonly mentioned when you go into the uh, GP's office after you've had an image, uh, some imaging done, it's very very different to these other sorts of arthritis which are diagnosed through blood tests, etc. There's a specific age group that's a little bit more common to suffer from. Uh, Rheumatoid arthritis in particular, which is females that are in their 40s, that's when it's typically diagnosed, although it can start a little bit earlier than that. And with rheumatoid arthritis, one of the really common ones you see is it affecting your hands, the finger joints, or specific finger joints, as opposed to osteoarthritis, which can affect the thumb in particular. Osteoarthritis, if we go into this in a little bit more detail, because much, much more relevant, is essentially that wear and tear process. It's specific joints that get used a lot through our life, which start to develop wear and tear. Maybe they're not looked after as well as they should be. So that's why often it's one of these joints in the thumb here that gets affected with osteoarthritis, as opposed to a immune reaction to other joints, such as the joints up here, which would be rheumatoid arthritis. Now, when we bring that down to the spine, the reason we wanted to cover this with you guys today in particular
1: was with reference to
0: those So, sort of, you go in, you've suffering with back pain, you've been bothering your GP for a while, say, look, I need some imaging, or I don't know what's going on, I've tried physio, et cetera, it's not working. And then they say, okay, we'll send you for an MRI. In the very rare cases, they might send you for an X, ray prior to that. And it comes back and they say, right, you've got, um, you've got arthritis in your spine. You've got wear and tear, but don't worry it's normal for your age. And one of the things that we often find is we do a lot of work with imaging in the clinic, at the Mayfair clinic, and we see lots of patients with imaging. And as a result of that, because all of the imaging needs to be reviewed by a radiologist, we get lots of radiology reports that go alongside those images. And it's important to bear in mind that in a lot of cases with your GP, they're not going to be seeing the imaging necessarily. They may just get a report back. And the difference between seeing the imaging and seeing the report is very, very important. And I've mentioned this before to, to patients and members and from time to time, that we will have a patient that's in their 20s, and a patient that's in their mid to late 50s, and they will go and get an X-ray. Done. Maybe it's, let's say it's the lumbar spine, and both of the both of the images look very very similar in terms of any degenerative wear and tear, any osteoarthritis in the spine. And the radiologist reports will come back, and both radiologist reports will say there's some uh, some minor spondylosis at L5 S1, some degenerative change but this appears normal for the person's age. And you can see the two images, the two x-rays, um, side by side. And, and and you can see the same lines in both x-ray reports that say normal age-related wear and tear in this person's lower lumbar spine. But you know that the age difference between those two individuals is about 30 years, which really blows this whole wear and tear process, particularly in the spine, out of, out of the water. The other thing we often find is that it's L5-S1, for example, or l 45 5 those lower lumbar discs that we know so many of you guys struggle with. Um, and again, it's, this is normal wear and tear process. But th- there's never an attempt to explore why is it l 45 or L5-S1 that is the segment that is most in trouble. That it's the segment that is most worn because it's no older, it's no, it's been around for no longer than L12 or L23, yet we see significantly different levels of wear and tear. And this is why we wanted to cover osteoarthritis because it really is that wear and tear process, which is true. There is a true statement that there is osteoarthritis at that level, which is the degeneration of the, of the joints in the spine. It's often uh, referred to as spondylosis. There's lots of spondylo. Uh, terms lots of lots of different endings on all of those which mean different things but spondylosis is one of the common ones which will kind of be interchanged with arthritis in the spine degeneration or wear and tear of those joints but when we find there's pockets of wear and tear, that's not necessarily the age related process. And all too often, patients get given the well, it's just your age card, and then off you go. Uh, we'll, we'll leave you to it and kind of do something with pain management, etc., which really, really isn't helpful. And one of the things we try to do through these live streams and through the back and check process is give you guys a better understanding of why, in fact, that L45 or L5S1 might be the ones that are a little bit more damaged, a little bit more worn than the others. And a lot of this has to do with our day to day lifestyle. Many of us not sitting correctly or sitting for extended periods or the process of sitting down, we tuck our bum under and that loads through that lower lumbar spine, the L5S one in particular, and then transitioning up to the L4-5, which is why we see so commonly these lower lumbar injuries. Or the incorrect lifting, again, not bracing our core effectively so those lower lumbar discs have to take the brunt of that force. Or it might be gardening, bending down in the garden inappropriately and bending over so we squash those lower lumbar discs. All of these things lead to an assault on the same part of our spine time and time again, and therefore it's no wonder that it's worn. Now, if we can say we have a diagnosis of some wear and tear or some spondylosis or spondylarthropathy or just some arthritis in the spine, and we can understand that it's happening at a particular level, then we can start doing things. It may be the towel exercises that we recommend in, in, throughout the back and shape process. Or it might be uh, strengthening up those muscles so they can pre- restore some stability to that section of the spine, so all of the joints can do their fair share. Maybe it's that the hips aren't doing enough work, so we need to improve some of the strength and flexibility in the hips so they can do a little bit more, more work. Because when we see that x-ray, we see well L45 and L5S1 are a little bit damaged, Um, But the hips are absolutely fantastic and maybe that's a disuse issue, maybe we're not using our hips enough, we're not bending enough, a lot of us really struggle to bend appropriately at the hips and therefore our spine takes all the load, squashing down on those lower lumbar discs and creating trouble. So taking that diagnosis of spinal arthritis, maybe you've had osteoarthritis in the past. Uh, or you've had that diagnosis in the past, and not allowing it to be something that um, is something that you can't deal with, can't manage and can't move past to the point where it's, it's, it's resolved, essentially, or in terms of the symptomatic picture is resolved. You've stabilized those segments and you're functioning in a normal way. That is entirely possible, but you need to understand why specific joints in your spine have become a little bit more worn. And then take the appropriate steps to do rehabilitation exercises and maybe some additional bits and pieces some modification of the way in which you use your body on a daily basis to help you get over that problem and deal with that arthritis in your uh, back so a little bit of a shorter one today
1: but i think we'll move over to questions q and a okay brilliant good morning everybody um i had a quick question please do keep your questions coming in by the way and i will um I'll ask Mike as we go through this but bony spurs that tends to come up quite a bit on people's reports how much of a problem are they and why do they occur
0: yeah so so what's essentially happening is if you imagine you have um, if you imagine a tree that uh, might seem a bit weird. Um, but if you imagine a tree, you see a, a tree as it's growing, as a, you know, a small tree, uh, and it's very, very narrow, very, very narrow the whole way through. Um, and if you then go and look at that tree in 30, 40 years' time when it's got more load going through it, the base widens. Mm-hmm. It spreads out. The root system starts, and, and as it comes up out of the ground, it starts to create more of that sort of shape rather than straight down and into the tree because the, the body is trying to, the body of the tree is trying to spread out the load. And what happens, when we have a comp- consistent compression on the spine through those vertebral bodies Mm -hmm. and the discs start to bulge out a little bit we lay down more calcium tissue around the sides of that disc to make the perimeter larger and as we make the perimeter larger we spread the load so if we've got more load than we should have going through a a vertebra that's that wide it'll try and spread the load so it shares that load over a greater area and that uh, that is the body's natural way of dealing with stress and strain It hypertrophies that's why sometimes you'll also see uh, facet hypertrophy which is another version of those bony spurs which we mentioned because there's more load on that particular area the same way we get you guys doing in the backing shake phase two and phase three some physical exercises to put more load through those muscles the body will adapt and hypertrophy and grow problem is when that happens right next to a little spinal nerve it can be a problem mm. now that comes to the second part of your question is well is it a problem if you've got the bony spurs there sometimes for example we get patients obviously and, and members doing the towel exercise and one of the problems it more commonly happens in the neck than in the lower back and that's partially due to the size of the spinal cord in the neck that when the bony spurs are significant enough, and I can think of a few people in mind um, that when you do the towel exercise for the neck, you might immediately get some, some sharp referral pain down the arms, and that's where the spurs are irritating those spinal nerves. Oh, that's interesting. It's very quick and easy testing, you'll know pretty quick as to whether or not that's happening if you've got degeneration. Now, it could also be there's a lot of inflammation there, so you need to have an idea of that. But even when things are settled down, if the spurs are problematic, they can irritate the nerves, and that's a bit more of a difficult. Uh, challenge to get over if it's just soft disc material then it's not got quite the same effect but unfortunately sometimes on rare occasions those spurs do start to irritate the nerves i will say in a lot of time a lot of cases the overall majority of cases you will see a very nasty spurs happening all around the side of the vertebral body and there's no nerves there there's no nervous tissue around the front so you see these awful spurs on the front and on the sides of the vertebra and they're not really causing too much trouble there they're just there the same way you might have particularly large ears or a particularly large nose. It's not causing anyone any harm, but it's just there. It's and you can a, It's a feature, rather than anything else. So sometimes the spurs are problematic, but it tends to be that people squash down on the front with the disc, disc and, and that's then, then where the spurs form, form most, and they, and they do also, obviously, form on the back, but they tend to be, especially looking, looking at a lot of the x-rays, x-rays they, they tend, tend to be, be a lot worse in, in areas, areas, fortunately, maybe, that aren't as, as concerning. concerning.
1: Okay, brilliant. All right, so quite a few questions coming through. We'll yeah, jump over sure. into Facebook. But Fiona has asked here, uh, is there a test to check for OA? I'm starting with pains in my fingers. And do you think this could be connected to menopause?
0: Um, so I'm, I'm definitely, definitely not an, an expert in menopause, menopause but, but I do, do know, know that when hormones your hormones are changing um, and, and you're dropping out at certain out levels, so it's, it's going, going to affect, affect your body in a massive way. way um some ladies suffer, suffer more than others with it um i would, I would say, say that that, that particular, particular
1: that, sorry she just said mine is in, in her little fingers too
0: so, so if it's, it's in the little fingers if it's in this sort of distribution, distribution coming down, down here, like that, here like that then we do want to maybe, maybe consider the neck a mm-hmm. if it's all of the fingers like so mm-hmm. less so that might be mm-hmm. a number of other mm-hmm. things um possibly related to diabetes or it may just be uh, mm-hmm. other things um mm-hmm. so that's that less concerned. concerning if it's all of them, but you, you do still want still to get that checked out if it is a problem because it can also, I think that's B12 as well is another one that can give you uh, what's called peripheral neuropathy. Um, and actually that's really easy because you just take, a, take some more B12 and it goes away. So that's a nice one. Uh, but with the menopause, you, you're best off with those sorts of things. Do speak to your doctor because they'll be experts in, in, that, in that side of things and what you're likely to be going through. And sometimes they'll be able to have that conversation with you about the necessity of HRT and those sorts of things.
1: But in terms of uh, a test to check for OA, it's pretty much an yeah, ray, isn't yeah. it? Imaging. Yeah. To, to,
0: testing for, to, to check, check for OA is good. going to be imaging. Looking for but, that bear and tear. Yeah, in, in, in that, you're, so not you're not really you're going, going to, to get OA in these fingers, fingers that's, here. That's, that's just, just not something you're really going to get, really gonna get at the on the tips, tips of the fingers. The OA is, is a load bearing joint. So, as I said, big ones, thumbs, hips, spine, lumbar mm-hmm. spine, uh, the knees, and to a certain degree, the ankles as well. Those are the main ones that are going to get osteoarthritis. Um, so, so that, that that's going to be taking an X-ray. Um, and having a look to see the quality of the spine.
1: Okay, and just since viewing is on, just really briefly, would you mind touching on why the neck is significant if you do have pain in the little fingers? Yeah, sure. So, so
0: different. So we all know a lot of you guys will know about sciatica. Sciatica is when we have an injury or some sort of damage in the lumbar spine, and that's irritating the roots of the sciatic nerve, and it goes down the leg. We have the same sort of complex um, in the in the neck whereby the nerves that come out of the neck here go down the arms. So if we've injured or got some strain on the lower part of the neck, and again, on the x-rays that we commonly see of patients with uh, neck issues, we commonly see the lower section sort of from C5 down tends to be the area that's a little bit more worn. Now C5, C6 region is going to give you pain in this sort of region, so these might get numb or tingly or etc pain, et cetera, dosal symptoms. And if we're going down to the bottom part of the neck, we're going to have this area here, C, C8, T1 uh, region is going to be the one that's going to be uh, bothered and that can come up sort of up down the arm here. Um, uh, So so that's the ones that we're going to be getting uh, impacted if we've got neck issues. It's exactly the same as the lower back in that respect that if we irritate the spinal segments, then that can give us pain in the associated area of our limb. Neck, obviously coming down to the arms, and lower back coming down to the legs. Sometimes we do just get a side tangent question with that. Is that, can my lower back refer up to my shoulder or my my arms? And the answer there is no. There's not the neurological link there.
1: Yeah. No, that's really interesting because I think a lot of people sometimes, if you have pain so far away from your neck you don't necessarily think it could be coming from your neck but yeah. it's all just about oh, the nerve roots Yeah and you
0: can, you can generally do do your own sort of testing it's not testing for OA because OA you need to test with imaging if you're looking for arthritis you need to see the joint and you can see whether or not it's worn but mo- certain movements particularly going backwards and to the side slowly that will kind of give you that pain coming yeah, down So you're really true. closing that hole where the nerve comes out and if there's any low grade inflammation there it's likely to give you a little bit of trouble uh, don't okay. do it repeatedly though please
1: well I think we've hit the nail on the head because you said uh, yeah yes Because of my job, I pretty much have constant neck pain, that's why yeah. I watch All Your Lives. Um, I think, uh, I think I'll get booked in at the local Cairo. Brilliant, okay, yeah.
0: If they can do some x rays, I, I always think that's helpful. And, and definitely check out we did a little, um, a little uh, combo for the neck exercises using the towel and the band exercise, those would really really work. And, and obviously, the eyes three to five times in the Cairo will be able to give you a little more guidance, uh, once they've sort of. Value. But I, I would say some people will recommend those sorts of exercises, and you need to be able to ask the questions why are you recommending those neck exercises? Because we really wouldn't advise those personally.
1: Okay, brilliant. I hope that helps, Fiona. Um, Kate has asked there with OA and degeneration, do supplementations of um, omega oils, turmeric, magnesium, etc., really help?
0: I don't think those particular supplementations really help with OA particularly I mean you could say that uh, things like turmeric etc are going to help with the inflammation side of things um, that being said I think those are good to take anyway what um,
1: about the omega oils will they not lu- help lubricate the it's joints? more going to be
0: from a circulation point of view okay. um, it's not as much going to affect the joints per se now you can get into things like um, conjugate and those sorts of things which are in the the, the thingy, um, but uh, th- those particular supplements ma- mentioned, I think they're fantastic supplements and they're ones that both Lara and I take, um, okay. but I don't think they're really as relevant for OA other than the fact that they may help reduce inflammation. Okay. Specifically OA, as in they're not specifically for that.
1: Okay, brilliant. Joan has asked here, I was diagnosed with degenerative and protruding L4, L5 and articular tear um i did a lot of core strengthening and following your method now um but what can i do to slow down the process i love exercise and i want to stay as active as i can
0: so exercise is really fine as long as we're, we're sensible and if you're doing the exercises in the back and shape then you'll know that you should be keeping a nice neutral lumbar spine um, l 45 and if you've got a degenerative disc issue it really indicates that you're habitually will be putting more pressure through that particular segment so that's sitting badly that's that's slouching in the chair that's other activities that are allowing your spine to flatten maybe habitually in exercises you've been given in the past they're going to be focusing on flattening the lumbar spine we don't want to do that but if we if we can really start to get some more strength in the core in holding the spine in a nice neutral position with that curve going through it that lordosis then that is going to equalize the pressure through your spine and allow all of the spinal segments to take their fair share of load and then um, compensate and work more evenly rather than force being driven through that L4-5. That's what's going to help you get more out of your workouts going forwards in the long term and protect yourself a little bit better because if we're always doing these forward bending exercises, it really does pivot quite a lot at L4-5 in particular. We often find on the x-rays that is a real source of. Um, reduction in the lumbar curve it tends to flatten out quite a lot and that puts a lot of pressure on that disc in a permanent way so things like the towel exercise after you've finished your workout are going to be a fantastic way of, um, of, of, of unloading after the workout and we have to remember that We are allowed to do exercise. These joints are designed, our whole body is designed to allow us to move around. It's just when you constantly assault one specific segment over an extended period of time that it starts to fail. They are designed to bear load and they are designed to function in a unit. Just don't isolate stress on one particular part.
1: Okay, brilliant. Hope that helps. Get get, get yourself a lot stronger first. Awesome. Alex Farbson said on YouTube, uh, just a comment, when I had a really bad sciatica, I could feel the pressure on the back of my neck going right down the spine, only once.
0: Yeah, you have to to bear in mind, mind the whole thing thing is connected, so we separate separate out the muscles for a... uh, academic purpose but you've got your erector spinae muscles which run from here down to here and if you you imagine imagine it's one long rope if you've got such severe pain in your lower back those muscles are contracting it is going to pull the other end of the rope which is going to be up here so you are going to feel the tension come through there Uh, so so there is going to be that uh, biomechanical connection between the two areas but you'd have to be having quite a severe spasm unfortunately um, in order to feel that it would be quite unpleasant
1: okay brilliant um karen has asked a question here back to uh sort of finger pain my mum is getting pain in her little finger which she thinks is arthritis is there anything you can do to help with arthritis in the fingers i think you've kind of touched on that a little yeah, bit the before, thing is so that the
0: little finger, finger is such a unless you've had so this is one other thing which i didn't touch on yes. in the live stream um with regards to osteoarthritis the one other Thing. Obviously, we mentioned it's on the low-bearing joints. It's also if you've injured a joint. So if you've broken your AC joint, for example, in the shoulder, if you've broken or dislocated your little finger uh, in the past, then that can also predispose to developing wear and tear because maybe you didn't go through the necessary healing process at the time. Uh, but things like the little finger, they're very, very rare to actually get arthritic change because if you think about it on a daily basis, how often are you using our little finger? It's not, like, it's not particularly useful appendage, if you will. It's generally this side of the hand that is the bit that's being used. Uh, so I would really take a step back and say, okay, wait a second, is it actually the finger or is there something else going on coming down from the neck? Because especially the little finger, Unless you've broken broke it numerous times, times in the past, past or, or damaged it. as rugby, rugby players often, will, well, I don't, and don't think um would be a rugby player uh, <laughs> uh, uh, as far as I can tell. Do you do do you do perhaps remove it the the no, no, I I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure not. not. Um, that's, that's really the, the, the only sort of scenario where you're going to be getting arthritic change in this particular, uh, this particular joint. So I, I really would consider the neck a little bit more closely. Especially if you dead space, that sort of stuff it's worth looking into.
1: Okay, brilliant. Um, right, Joe has asked here, once the OA is present, is it permanent? And um, Will this limit how much progress we can make?
0: Um, so, 1st uh, that's the first question, question. first. Um, it, is, it is a permanent degenerative change. You can't really, yes, you are going to have certain operations where, for example, they might go in and do some, some decompression from a surgical point of view and scrape out some of that excess bone, but it is a, sort of a, a permanent adaptation. There may be some research out there that suggests that you might be able to change that over a very, very extended period of time, but I think that's highly, highly unlikely and improbable for the average person. Uh, That being said, the second part of the question, there is no need that osteoarthritis needs to be an ongoing problem. Um, in terms of a symptomatic problem it's the kind of thing where we, our bodies change over time uh, they do uh, change a little bit in terms of the shape, the same way people often find their ears get bigger because the ears never technically stop growing, um, it's not a problem per se unless you're trying to wear a certain type of hat um, and the same thing with your spine, as long as you identify as early as possible and arrest that process it's just that the structure there is going to be slightly different so it's a little bit more vulnerable, so to the degree that you have some degenerative change from osteoarthritis in that Spine or that hip, etc., indicates how much more you need to do to work on the area. So it means that you need to maybe work a little bit harder. Maybe you're about 10% more active than the average person, or your your muscle mass is 10% more than it maybe would otherwise need to be and your flexibility is maybe 10% more as well in order to compensate for that the unfortunate thing is that quite often when people start to get this arthritis or this arthritic change in the spine or the hips etc they tend to shy away from activity which is actually the exact opposite we also see the same process in when things get busy people return to work and they say oh well I was so busy today stuck in my office that I couldn't make time for the exercises and actually it's a, it's a failure to think of the process correctly and saying actually I've done so much bad stuff today I can't afford not to make time to get my exercises done and to get my these things done so if you are someone with osteoarthritis of any any level you can't afford the time not to get some work done on yourself because there is an awful lot that can be done to really improve your musculoskeletal system so that it can compensate very very effectively for these sorts of things it's just you need a little bit of support sometimes a little bit of cajoling A little little bit bit of of encouragement and support support to be able to feel confident enough to do that. Because um, in the early stages, getting going, it can be a bit uncomfortable.
1: Um, Ollie did ask here: Is it possible to reverse OA or RA, or is it just about symptom management? I think you've covered RA is going to be very different because RA is going to be a, a, a a process,
0: an, an, an autoimmune process, process uh, whereby where uh, your immune system is attacking, attacking itself, itself it's which is this is much more difficult. Um, um, you're going to be taking certain medications, medications to, address to address the the autoimmune function of uh, that, but that's kind of a little bit more than, than we can go into in this live stream because it's just a lot, a lot yeah, more a lot. sort of uh, personal. Okay, um but the idea, okay, I think I, I, think I answered the question. yes I think one. you did yeah. just before so it's
1: absolutely fine okay wonderful awesome. I think that's everything that's really great Fiona said amazing thank you Joe said I love these live streams it's so much awesome. so yeah brilliant thank you everybody for your questions well, thanks
0: for joining us guys uh, sorry about the little bit of a quirk on the way in uh, at the start of today's <laughs> live stream a <laughs> little bit of a delay uh, but hopefully you guys found it helpful uh, thanks for joining us if you are new to the channel please do consider subscribing to the channel even though that's disappeared and you can only see half of it we will figure <laughs> that out before tomorrow's live stream uh, but hit the notification bell. We We go live every single weekday. We always do these Q&As. They make the live stream a little bit more entertaining, a little bit more helpful, and throw us some curveballs. Hopefully we can help you better with your back pain from home, especially with the unpredictability of the way in which society is going at present. Uh, Being able to give you guys a little bit of support from your home will hopefully be something that is really, really helpful. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Enjoy the afternoon, and we'll see you tomorrow with another live stream.